You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, talking to music theatre star Manon Gunderson Briggs, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live, and record, and recognize their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Eliza, take it away with the bulletin. Before we get started today, we would like to extend our thoughts and love to the companies that have unfortunately had to postpone or close in Sydney and Melbourne due to the pandemic. If you or anyone you know is struggling during this time, don't forget to check in on them or reach out to one of the organisations in our bio such as Lifeline Australia, Headspace and Beyond Blue. You aren't alone. We are in this together and we will come out the other side stronger. Tickets for Hamilton's Melbourne season are now on sale, which will premiere on Wednesday the 16th of March 2022. The show currently stars Jason Arrow as Alexander Hamilton, Chloe Zool as Eliza Hamilton, and Lyndon Watts as Aaron Burr. This is not a show to miss. Tickets can be found at www.hamiltonmusical.com.au. Congratulations to the 15 new artists joining the Brisbane performances of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which will be running from the 2nd to the 26th of September. Amongst the new cast will be Robert Grubb as Grandpa Joe and Jackson Graham Wilson as Augustus Gloop. We wish you all the best for the show. For more information, head to qpac.com.au. Back to you, Tori. Today we welcome Manon Gunderson Briggs, one of Australia's most hilarious actors on the scene. Manon is a graduate of AIM and NIDA and was most recently seen as Gingy and Sugar Plum in the Australian tour of Shrek the Musical. Previously, Manon played Joni Heslop in the Australian tour of Muriel's Wedding the Musical. Manon made her professional debut originating the role of Cheryl and understanding Rhonda in the world premiere of Muriel's Wedding the Musical. She appeared in ABC's documentary Making Muriel and can be heard in the show's official cast recording. Her other credits include Hatchet Face in Sydney Theatre award-winning production of Cry Baby and Manon is about to become an honorary Ganderite joining the Australian cast of come from away as Janice. Please welcome to the mic, Manon. Hi, guys. So happy to be here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. It's, it's very early on a Sunday, but we appreciate you coming and having a chat with us. It is my pleasure. It's very exciting to be here. I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you thank so much. You. We're a big fan of yours, so it's very much the opposite way. Yes. <laughs> uh, so obviously we've just you know Sydney specifically obviously not for Eliza but Sydney has just gone back into another lockdown obviously it's literally for us in the present time not for when this is released but present time we've only just as of last night gone into a two-week lockdown but in previous lockdowns what were you doing do you have any like recommendations for like books or movies or music or anything that you kind of find really helps you during these isolated times oh that's a really good question I um it is always fun to to try something new in this downtime and read a book that you haven't read before I think this time around um I'm gonna 
finally try to read um, Brie Lee's new book, which is called Who Gets to Be Smart. Um, she's a very, uh, very quite amazing author who worked as a, um, as a, a lawyer or a judge's assistant um, a couple of years ago, and she's written three different books, and she's just brought out a new one, and it's going to be great. I'm so excited. And, of course, I shall be binging RuPaul's Drag Race like never before. <gasps> Um, oh yes yeah. all stars is about to come out yeah yeah i'm here for it i'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah that's incredible it's always good to try new things and also um having the opportunity to finally actually watch things or read things that you've been wanting to read for so long is yeah. such like it's it's kind of nice in a way it's not it's not all bad yeah, oh, oh definitely i mean and there's nothing really we can do except uh be safe and you know look after after our friends and see how everyone's doing and just uh, try to pass the time some somehow. I think it's definitely the best way to look at it because it's so easy to get like angry at the world for doing this. But really, at the end of the day, there is the, the, the only thing we can do is stay home, you know, take care of each other, make sure that we are there for each other, because it is definitely a time that a lot of people really, really struggle with. Um so I think yeah taking being there for one another and yeah just go exactly it's the attitude to have of just what what can you do other than try and be safe and do the least to do the most yes definitely exactly and also baking is always great um oh hell yeah <laughs> we have a lot of time off our hands yes, yes. <laughs> but on a different note obviously you have um had quite an amazing career so far in musical theater um but what brought you into the world of theater um well i from when i was a kid i always wanted to act i think i always wanted to be a performer my like kindergarten teacher Christine um came up to my mom one day and was like look I just want to let you know that I think your daughter has to become a performer um (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what that says about how I was in kindergarten at the time but (laughs) apparently I was a vibe um and yeah and then I didn't realize that musicals were a thing because I loved to sing and I loved to act um, and then I discovered that um, there was this amazing art form that combined both of them and it just absolutely blew my mind. Um, it was when we did Les Mis in high school and that was just like oh. the best time of my life. And when that show was over, I was so sad for a long time after that finished. So I was like, this is just the best thing. Yeah, who doesn't love being in Les Mis? <laughs> it was lit. <laughs> I think that's a couple of people's. Like, for me, I watched Les Mis for the first time, and that was my, like, eye-opening, oh, my God, theatre. Yeah. So being in it, it's it's one of those type of shows that really yeah. sparks that love of it. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. It's just, I don't know, there's something just quite spectacular and magical about a musical um, when compared to other art forms. Um, and yeah, when I saw my first professional show, which was Priscilla, oh my gosh, I was just like, I can't believe that this is a thing that people do. I want to be a part of it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that's how it started. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. But I love that you're, did you say your kindergarten teacher was saying that to your mum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, look, your child is, is quite extra. Um, I think she will be an actor. <laughs> Put her in theatre. Put her in theatre. That's where she belongs. <laughs> At least they did that because here you are today. <laughs> yeah. She was a great kindergarten teacher, I've got to say. She did this banana trick, which was like, she would if anyone brought a banana in a kindergarten, um, we'd give them to her and she would walk around the room and like cast this spell on the banana and then she'd give it back to us and it would be sliced. It wouldn't be open, but it would be sliced. And it would like my mind was alone. And then what? I remember when I was, yeah, yeah, right? Incredible. Um, and then I asked her, I was like, Christine, you have to tell me how to do it. And she was like, no, I'll only tell you when you're 16 years old. So then I turned 16 
And I went to Christine's house and she taught me how to do it. And she had a pin. <laughs> she had a pin and she would like spear the banana and slice it while um, sort of moving her hands intricately around it. And so, of course, you couldn't see that there were little pin marks on the on the skin, but there was just a sliced banana. Crazy. The fact that you went back then, that that I love that. <laughs> I need to go go back and visit my kindergarten teacher. <laughs> I had to know. I had to know the trick. I've been waiting 16 years for this. <laughs> so you were a part of both productions of the Australian musical Muriel's Wedding, first as Cheryl and then as Joni Heslop. What was your experience working on this fresh new Australian musical? Oh man, it was the best. Oh gosh, it was <laughs> it was so much fun and like I think possibly the best first first gig that I could have ever expected. Um it's quite amazing being a I mean being in a show and and Performing in a show is amazing regardless. But the special thing about Muriel's wedding was that we were creating it and it had never been done before and we were just able to make choices in the room that that then carried on into future productions and it was just it was a very empowering, um, scary, exciting experience and um, it really taught everyone, I think, on that show um, to how to stay on their toes and because um, it would change all the time. and oh, But everyone everyone in that show was just so lovely and everyone got on really well. Oh, man, I'll never, I'll never forget working on Muriel's Wedding. It's so cool. And, I mean, the creative team itself are just amazing, yeah. amazing. Like you've got Camille Heike doing the music and it's just – I think it's the biggest – Australian musical I would say like that and Matilda are the two biggest musicals to come out of Australia and it was so exciting and it was so magnetic to be like to watch a big Australian musical because it's quite rare to see on stage yeah definitely and it's also like so fun being able to sing um and say lines and stuff in your own accents yes Um, of course it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Oh man, and like you mentioned Kate Miller Heidke and I was obsessed with her before being in the show. <laughs> so I li- I still can't I can't talk to her. Like <laughs> I'm so starstruck even though like <laughs> you know I've seen her a couple of times and I've spoken to her. I just can't. I can't. She's so amazing. I'm obsessed. I feel like if that was me, I would do the exact same. I've like listened to all her albums when I was younger. I went to all like all the concerts and things. So if I was like in a room and then all of a sudden you're like in a music theater setting and she's composing and you're singing her stuff, I'd be mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. And she's just a musical slash everything genius. Um, as were I mean most of the people who were working on. In, in the creative team, they were oh, just so good, um, and it was so good to come back a second time in a in a different pair of shoes. Um, literally, it was almost like um, sort of filling in the other bits of the show that I didn't get to do the first time, like the swimming and all the family stuff. Um, there's this like big swimming number in the show. It was lit. I loved it. But yeah, I, I'm just so grateful for that opportunity to come back and, and do a completely different um, track. It's awesome. And I guess on that note of like transitioning, like you obviously had two very different roles between the two productions. So what was it like? Were there any challenges or changes in the show between productions? And what was it like to kind of switch it up? Oh, well, I mean, yes. Yes. There were most definitely many changes. It was changing the whole time maybe slightly less so the second time around but you know the first time we'd come in and there would be a new song and some new scenes and new Cory to go with everything and we'd relearn it and then we'd learn another version and then do both of them and then the creatives would watch and then go out of the room and then we'd do it again um 
so it was changing all the time and I think a couple of us thought like coming back that it would be sort of more set um but it it was not. There had been a lot of changes between <laughs> between the first season and the second season. I suppose not like huge ones, but I think the end of Act One um, changed. A couple of scenes were cut. Um, music was slightly different, um, and some staging was different. And then the second time around, like they added some scenes and then took them away. Um, it was just. That was the incredible part of, well, one of the incredible parts about Muriel's wedding. It was just changing all the time and it was great and you just had to let everything go and just live your best life and try to make it all work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was awesome. I was just going to say, getting to say the words like, you're terrible, Muriel, every night (laughs) is pretty iconic in itself. Oh, man. That was awesome. Oh gosh, that was so much fun. <laughs> And the audience reaction, I bet, every time. <laughs> oh gosh, I know, well, it's one of those, because everyone knew that it, it was it was coming um, in that, well, mm. probably not everyone, but uh, people who knew the, mu- the movie knew that that line was coming. Um, and there were a couple of times where audience members would get so excited and they would just like shout the line at me <laughs> before I'd say it. It was so cool. I mean... How often does that happen? It's, um, yeah, it was very exciting. Definitely has a hardcore fan base, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I guess it really does go to show that shows, even, you know, even if it's not in, like, its first, you know, staged production point of its life, still shows are still constantly changing. Yeah. Most of the shows that have actually been here recently in Australia um, – I've had the opportunity to see um, in America and it's crazy seeing the changes that come with it. Like saw Frozen and mm-hmm. there was like a quite a large song cut and another song added in. Oh. So theatre, it, it really is a living, breathing thing and it is constantly open for change. I'm currently in a workshop at the moment myself and that still is a shock constantly when all of a sudden it was like two weeks ago a whole bunch of songs were cut and a new song was added in and I was like, you can't do that. And I was like, oh, no, no, you can. You can. That's exactly what you can do. Because it, it, is, it does because you see it and then you go, oh, that actually doesn't quite work as well as it did when we were like hearing it because hearing it and seeing it are very different things. So it's so great to, I think, see that mm. even after, I guess, its initial like workshopping phase, even once it has its second life the change and the living aspect is still there which is so exciting I think it'd be so exciting to be able to come into a room every day and not necessarily know what to expect but it just being a little bit of like an extra challenge yeah oh definitely and on what you were saying Tori like I think I mean times change societies change and if musicals need to change and and you know have a little bit moved from there to there or a little bit cut, a little bit added, why not? And that's what I really also admire about the creative team in Muriel's Wedding and many creative teams um, who create musicals these days anyway. They were so open to change. They, everyone was in that for the good of the show. Um, they, you know, wanted to create this marvellous um, product and they were just so flexible and um, happy with things to be changed, things to be cut, things to be added so that the show could be the best it could be. Um, I think that's a really, really great attitude to have. I totally agree with yeah. that. <laughs> You've played a range of hilarious, crazy characters <laughs> and you were hatchet face in Hayes Theatre Company's Cry Baby. I don't know if it was the Hayes. I don't know if I made that up. It was the Hayes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was the Hayes, okay. yeah. <laughs> was like i just made that up (laughs) no Um, no so yeah you were hatchet face in hayes theater's crybaby what absolutely i mean that show in itself is is crazy but that's a particularly crazy role what was the audition process like for that show oh man that's a really funny story um oh and also on what you were saying it was at the hayes but it was produced by lpd um so it wasn't produced by hayes yeah yeah um 
and they're the ones who are bringing it back to the opera house. Um, but the audition process <laughs> for me um, wasn't entirely successful at first because I didn't actually get oh. the gig. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get it. Like it was a. It was a wild audition time. Like everyone was just sort of living their best lives and. Um, you know, they'd be like, make a sound, and we'd be like, rah. Um, yeah, it was wild. And then I think I was I was actually up for Lenora, who um, is played by Laura Murphy. And yeah. um, I remember, like, I, like, didn't have a great audition. I was like, ah, oh, well, I'm not going to get it. No worries. Didn't get it. And then I was like, no worries. I'm going on this great overseas trip. Um, so that's totally fine. I was going to New York and I was going to Scotland um, and around the UK. I was so excited. And I was packing my bag literally the night before I was supposed to leave. And then Alex, the director, he called me up because I, I knew him from, from uni and I'd worked with him before. Um, and he called me up and was like, hey, um, what are you doing at the moment? And I was like, oh, I'm just packing my suitcase. I'm about to go overseas. And he was like, oh, okay don't worry then. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Please tell me what you want. <laughs> and he was like, Sarah Murr, she's had to, uh, she's had to leave Crybaby because she's got another contract. Like, would you be interested in coming in and playing Hatchet Face? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, and luckily I had oh been God. really disorganized and hadn't booked accommodation or anything for my overseas trip and had done flexi flights. So I was able to just shift it three months down the line. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was meant to be Sarah Murr. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I have a life-size poster of Sarah Murr as Hatchet Face um, in my <laughs> in my. Story. That is incredible. That's iconic. She's beautiful. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with Sarah. Miller. How am I ever going to fill these shoes? <laughs> You're oh like, god. I'm obsessed, and now I have a poster. I know. <laughs> oh god, she's amazing. Oh my god, I love her. Um, I just imagine if they had have called you like a day later, that would have been crazy. So bad. You would have gotten a flight back, though. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would have got the call. And, like, who knows what would have happened. That's funny how um, a couple of times I've, we've had people who have said that the big shows that they've they've got, that they really didn't have successful auditions at first yeah. and then they just get called in and, th- like, they think it's not successful, but obviously they're mu- it must have been successful because you just don't hear and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh I'm in a show. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's awesome. What a nice surprise <laughs> to have. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm actually going to move on to a bit of a game. Um, <gasps> yes. A bit of a music theatre game. Who doesn't love that? Oh, my God. Um, and we haven't done this in a while, actually. We're going to do yeah. the lyric challenge. So Ooh. I'm going to say some lyrics from a show. And then if you can name the show the title of the song, and then the next words, they're all worth a point each. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 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 The words and the show and the the next lyrics. Yes. So the the song name, the show, the lyrics. Okay. I'll get Tori to go first so that it makes (laughs) a little bit of sense to you. Yes, Tori. Get it. This one is quite easy now that I think about it. Um, So they'll say, isn't she radiant? Look at our Muriel. Madon's like, I wish this was mine. <laughs> I couldn't be that easy. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, I I caught the bouquet. Yeah. From Muriel's wedding. Well, it's just the bouquet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah bouquet. That's two points. Yes. I don't know the next lyrics though. Oh, could we do steals? I mean, absolutely. If you don't get it, I reckon we do steals for this, for this game. Oh, what is steals? Where I can I can steal it. So you can you if you know it. If you know the lyric. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I steal it? Yeah. I, go for it. A look at our mural. Isn't she perfect? Isn't she beautiful? Yes! Oh my God. I not have got she remembers that. after all this time. <laughs> I I had absolutely no idea. So that's great. 
Uh, <laughs> I know. I chose like interesting parts of songs because it could kind of trip you up because there's different. Well, you did well. Things. But okay, Manon, here is yours. So yours is slick your hair and wear your buckled shoes and all that jazz. Okay. Um, it's it is all that jazz from Chicago. Yes. And the next bit is, I hear that father dip dip or something dip is gonna blow the blues. Yep. Blow the blues. that was amazing thank you so much (laughs) all right tori okay some pray that one day christ will come a calling uh they'll oh wait so it's um uh mama who bore me from spring awakening um some pray that one day christ will come a calling they light a candle and hope that it glows Oh my god! Yes, that was a hard one. Wow, I would love that. That is like one of my one of my dream roles, which I now am too old for. We can still sing the songs. It's fine. <laughs> this one, this one might be this one might be easy actually, but I don't know. All right, good morning, dear. Say, have you heard? Oh, <laughs> um, it's uh, uh, it's morning person from Shrek. Um, and say, have you heard? Today is my wedding day. Yes. <laughs> Manon, you are on seven. Oh my god. Tori, you're on five. Ah! And now we're going into a bonus round. <gasps> so <laughs> I have actually got two quite, I think, hard ones. So I might go with this one first. So this is a buzz-in oh. system. So, if you think you know the answer, say your name. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the first one is we go together like... Bing! Tori! (laughs) Tori! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Tori, take it away. Oh, these are worth two two points each, by the way. You're going to correct me because I know that you're currently doing this. So this is yes. from Greece. Yes. So this is um oh, I feel like I'm saying the ne- we go together, right? Yeah. So what can you repeat the lyric again? Sorry. We go together. We go together like this is quite hard. Ramble lamba lamba. <laughs> Dinkity dinky donk. I don't know. I'm like how do you write it out? I'm gonna- I'm gonna give. I'm actually gonna give that to you because that is it's ramblamblamakadinkadinkadon. So you actually, you actually got it. I didn't think anyone was gonna get this. Well, I'm like, isn't it just? Isn't it kind of like just like a little bit of gibberish? So I was like, are there actual lyrics for it? Pretty much gibberish. All right, so that's that's three points to you, Tori. Oh wow, go Tori. So we've got seven. Seven to eight. So oh Manon, you're on seven. Tori, you're on eight. Wow. So this is quite a close game here. Mm-hmm. We've got one more question. Bed, bed, I couldn't go to Tori. bed. Tori. Oh. <laughs> okay, go for it, Tori. Oh, I don't know if I – I know the show – Oh, okay, so it's uh, I could have danced all night from My Fair Lady. Oh. Yes. Um, bed, bed, I couldn't go to bed. Uh, my head's too light to try and – Set it down. Yes, you got that. Oh my gosh. I feel bad, but I'm really competitive. Oh my, don't, I would not have gotten that. I was like, what? <laughs> I think it's so hard out of context to actually like go, what is this show? And what are the words to it? Well, well done, Tori. My gosh, <sighs> that's awesome. Tori, congratulations. <laughs> you have won. Yet again, here at a lyric challenge, Tori's also yeah. quite good at lyric challenges. I try. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for playing that game. It's a um, pleasure. It was very fun. I very much enjoyed that. On the note of, obviously, some of the Shrek music that we just heard, some of the lyrics from it, um, you recently finished Shrek for the second mm. time as Gingy and Sugar Plum. What was it like getting the call for the show to be back on in Queensland after COVID cut its run short in Sydney? Oh, man, it was so exciting. I bet. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, because we, when we shut down in Melbourne, um, we were told by the producers 
it absolutely will not be coming back because we asked, you know, is there any chance like after all this is over, um, will it be brought back? And they were like, absolutely not. Like, let it die. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, But that's it for us. Um, And it was so sad. So we didn't, you know, sort of get a lot of closure like so many shows around Australia. Um, And then I think I was like down the coast um, with my sister and um, I was just hanging out on the balcony. And then, yeah, I got this call from from one of our producers and she was like it's coming back and I couldn't believe it I like screamed and cried it was like so cool and like I just want to say like that the Shrek team took such good care of us and for them to go out of their way to bring Shrek back um after so long it was really really awesome and really kind and yeah and it was just so nice to have that to have that extra time in um, in Queensland to sort of finish what we started. It was awesome. And it's also a feel-good show. What was it like getting to play, like, one of the most iconic <laughs> characters in Shrek is Jinji? I know that so many people love it. So what was it like getting to play that role? It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, my gosh. You're absolutely right. Shrek is a very feel-good show. And actually, at the core, it has a great... Mm message um so it it was Mm. it was an honor to to perform it and you know to run around stage in in crazy costumes putting on funny voices and asking you know whether Todd McKenney knew the Muffin Man it was just like so fun so so fun oh that's (laughs) one of the greatest scenes in there (laughs) oh gosh so funny and the puppets were like amazing because the Gingy was made of of puppets um they would yeah. they were genius they were so complicated and yet easy to use um the costumes and design in that show in general were just awesome yes it was yeah. so great to to work with all of that it's yeah. great very stunning as well and did you have to do any like uh training mm. with the puppets or um did you just get thrown in the deep end and kind of <laughs> figure it out um no I mean I I got taught how to how to use them but I mean my puppets were were pretty easy compared to like the dragon um Mm. the dragon boys had to go through like dragon boy training um and then we had one of the UK team like fly over the first time around to teach them all of this like intricate stuff that they had to do and the exact timing of the wings and like that dragon was heavy. Those boys were running around with this huge dragon like strapped to their backs, like <laughs> making her yeah. look alive. It was, yeah, so they got a lot of training. Oh, my God, and they did so well. Oh, that is amazing. I, I Yeah, I guess when That's you see amazing. it, you don't think about all that that extra work that goes into it, especially when it's not like the dancing or the singing and stuff. It's actually like the set and the and the props and the puppetry like puppetry is such a cool thing to get to experience in itself oh definitely definitely yeah it was was so much fun so much fun I feel like musical theater performers are so willing to like to jump in and just give something a go agree (laughs) you know they're like you'll be holding a dragon (laughs) they're like no worries no worries that's all good that's within my resume (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're like you put puppetry on your resume is that true yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy, yeah. It's easy. Yeah, I've I've done it for years. If you could just show me how exactly it works, and I'll be and I'll be good. But you do that all the time in theatre. I've done that so many times. Where I'm like, yeah, no, I totally, yeah, oh, of course, I totally know how to do that. And then go home, and I'm like sitting on YouTube for hours, going, what have I done? <laughs> but it's it's such a great great challenge and Shrek was such an amazing show and I'm so glad that um actually quite a few people that we've had on the podcast um Sarah Ma and um um Mon who were or oh, obviously Monique did not come back for the yeah. second round because yeah. she was killing it in rent but it's so good that 
And I'm so glad because you did get such a definite, like, we will not be coming back. That, like, just to be able to have that opportunity to mm. actually have the closure of getting to do a closing night and getting to have that final performance rather than a, so we're done now and yeah. you don't get to do this again. So it's so great that you had the opportunity to be able to do that. And I mean, obviously the Shrek, the shows that you've done, the Shreks that you've done, oh my God, the shows <laughs> that you've done, um, the shows that you've done have all been absolutely phenomenal, but everyone has one. Do you have a dream show that you'd like to be a part of one day? Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. That's a good question. Hmm. So I think I have two. Um, if anyone was to write Bridget Jones, the musical. Oh my God, would I love to be in that show? <laughs> that would, I mean, wow, I hope that happens. We're manifesting it. Um, I mean, the, the show is written. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope someone writes a show for Bridget Jones. It's iconic. I love Bridget Jones so much. Um, and of course, I actually love Wicked so much. I would love to be Glinda in Wicked. That's like a, a big dream. We are yeah. manifesting that for you. I can see it in your future. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wicked, come back around. Thank you, please. <laughs> it will. It no always does. And no one's ever it's really mad about it. It's a good show. Because it's Wicked. It's great. And I mean, recently you have just announced that you are stepping into the role of Janice in Come From Away. What drew you to the show and um, are you excited to get started? Oh, man, I'm so excited. We um, This week was our first week of um, rehearsing. So it was, it's just so exciting. Mm. And I think we're still going to be rehearsing on Zoom, which is awesome um, and just you know, picking the show apart line by line, learning about every single character. Because I think there's like between 50 and 80 characters in the show all up that are sort of played by the 12 um, playing actors, which is so interesting. I I had no idea. Um, Oh, God, but it's such a good show. It's got a great message. And the fact that it's, you know, this true story about this incredible group of people in Ganda who just wanted to spread kindness and just wanted to get done what needed to be done. Um, it, it's honestly, it, it's an honor to be involved in it in, in any way. I also find like, this is the only form that this sort of this specific telling of the story has existed in. Um, like it's first and foremost a musical. It wasn't a movie first or anything. Yeah. And I think you can sort of, you can sort of feel that, like in the writing, it's really, it's really deliberate, and ah, oh, there's something because I think they wanted it to be a play at first, but mm. um, the writers were like, no, there's just something about the music that evokes a feeling that's unique to this story that nothing else can evoke, and I feel like everyone who goes to see the show feels that as well. Yeah, it's very. Yeah. The show itself, it feels really fresh. I think when I saw it in Brisbane, I was just blown away by how truthful and it was so well done in the way that sometimes you go to musicals and it's all about the extravagance of it and um, and that's part of it, of course. But with this show, it does have that, that sense of occasion and, you know, obviously the set moves a lot and you have some really awesome lighting and stuff. But it's also just purely about the story which I find really beautiful about it and also the fact that you get to play so many characters on stage like there's rarely a chance to get to do that kind of in-depth character work where you really have to like look at multiple characters and and switch between them definitely and that's going to be um a challenge and also something really exciting um to keep all those characters different and the show is so fast like yeah you're moving from suddenly you're a gatherite and then yeah, you're a pilot fast. and then you're a flight attendant and then you're Janice again and it's just it's so fast which is obviously so exciting but I think it's it's going to become quite an athletic um exercise there aren't a lot of shows out there like come from away so it's just mm. uh, it's just incredible to be involved in it it's really yeah. awesome 
Yeah. Well, hopefully, I don't think it's coming back to Brisbane. So unfortunately, I don't think I'll get to see you in it, which is really sad. But are you, are you going to Melbourne? No. Is it Melbourne and Sydney or? Um, I think they've just announced that we'll be going to Canberra. Canberra. After. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. After Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you had already, um, they had already done quite a, a good chunk of the tour, mm. I think, um, mm. before COVID. COVID hit yeah. mid-Melbourne and then they picked up Melbourne again and Brisbane and now Sydney. And I'm so excited. I think I will get an opportunity. I'm going on the 20th of July and then I believe I'm going again <laughs> because this will be my fourth time seeing it in Sydney, which is nuts. Wow, yeah. Um, completely unintentionally just... A weird set of circumstances but it's an amazing show it's it's phenomenal I was lucky enough to see it on Broadway and it's sometimes I find that shows when they transition to different countries it changes and often like it's not like it's ever like oh it wasn't as good as in so and so it still carries such an immense weight here and that always is my question is when a show transfers from overseas you know if it's a very like American-based story like Hamilton for example come from where really is it just tells a story that impacted every single person across the world and it is told so beautifully but also like so succinct and whilst it is it has some really sad moments it doesn't dwell on it and it focuses so much on the ganderites and you know what they were just willing to just drop everything and give their complete support to the people that needed it most so it's a truly phenomenal show, and if you get the opportunity to see it in Sydney or in Canberra, <laughs> do it. Yeah, I, I really agree with, with what you're saying, Tori. I think a lot of that um, has to do with how invested the creative team are in the process of of rehearsing it in. Like a lot of what we did in the first week was watch documentaries yeah. and talk about our experiences of 9-11 and, and just talk about stuff just so we could feel really grounded in the work. And I didn't think that it would be like that, you know, coming in, um, taking over, a, you know, a, a track that already exists. I didn't think that, that I would have that opportunity, but they they want everyone to have that opportunity, every single person and the standbys too and everyone who's working in the band to feel super grounded in in what this is. It's just it's bloody awesome. I mean, it definitely shows. It definitely shows when you go watch it. So, <laughs> oh, guys, great. go check it out. Yeah. Go check <laughs> it out. <laughs> and I guess this is kind of like our final question for the episode. But as an artist, obviously, you know, we deal with a lot of... Um, we deal with a lot in general, but obviously you do deal with rejection and then getting roles and then having to wait for something else to come around. But what helps to keep you motivated to perform every day and continue to audition? And do you have any advice for anyone who might be in a little bit of a a rut about where they're going in this industry? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Um, That's a really good question. I just want to say, like, in terms of being in a rut, I feel like there are different versions of, of what a rut can be for people. And for some people, a rut can be a, a really a really bad place because um, what you said, like this industry is hard and being knocked back all the time, it's really, really hard. So if anyone who is listening is feeling like they are in a bad rut where they feel like that rejection is a reflection of themselves, I can promise you it's not. And please reach out to people if you need to chat. Um, reach out to me, reach out to your friends, your loved ones. You're not alone. People love you. You're amazing. Um, and, you know, your your career is not a reflection of who you are as a person. Most definitely not. Um, and then I would say, like, you know, possibly another version of being in a rut is, you know, when you're putting in place actions that will help you reach a goal that you that you may or may not have. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that that is is always a bad thing. If if you know where you want to be and where you want to go, that's really admirable. And you've just got to trust that you um, are being completely honest with yourself, and that you can get to this get to this goal that you want if you keep putting in the groundwork. I think that's awesome. And then there's like another kind of rut which I think I've been in 
um, a couple of times where you sort of realize that what you're doing isn't quite working and you don't have much else going on in your life. Particularly, I, I think a lot of people felt that last year with COVID and all of our work and sort of everything we were working towards was was taken away. And of course, a lot of people were very were very proactive and were like, okay, great. I'm just gonna I'm gonna create this and create that. Um, for me during COVID, I was like, oh my gosh, like what have I been doing? Because theater was my life and work was my life and I was just obsessed with it and it was number one. And it came for everything. Um and then, yeah, it, it, it took an event like COVID to make me realize, like, man, on goodness me, you need to have other interests. And I think, you know, if you are stuck in a rut, perhaps putting your energy into stuff that's that's not theater, stuff that just makes you happy, makes you a better person, makes you a more well-rounded person, actually helps to make you a better performer as well. Um, because also if, if you're stepping into and well, if you're stepping into an audition room and like that audition is, is everything to you, and sometimes that can read, but if you're like, Hey, I've got other stuff in my life that makes me happy. It's not just this. So if I don't get it, I'll be okay. I think that's a really powerful, um, like stance to have when you are auditioning. And a lot of people say like when you don't think you're going to get a gig or when you're not actively like trying super hard to get a gig, then you'll get the gig. Always. <laughs> Sometimes that's not always true. But like, yeah, in terms of staying motivated, I've always been sort of very, very obsessed with with theatre and and my career and shows and like, oh, like, yes, I love it so much. Um, but I think what keeps me motivated now is having separate goals in, in separate parts of my life that work together. I definitely have mm. career goals, but there are also other things that I want to achieve and I think it, it makes me a happier, um, more motivated person. Definitely. I think you can't you can't be so focused on just theatre mm. that you forget to actually live the rest of your life because you you actually have to live a really full life while you're doing it. You can't you can't sacrifice everything just to have this one this one aspect of your life because you might turn around the next day and be like, "Wow, I'm really not as happy as I thought I was." Yeah, and that is quite a confronting thing to to feel. So I definitely think that's some really good advice for those that are in a rut. It's just yeah, that's definitely some. I'll take that advice with me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone ever needs to talk to anyone, don't forget to reach out for help and. Um, and don't, yeah, don't ever forget that everyone's here for you. You can always contact us or anyone if you are feeling in a bad way because we're all here for you. We're a community. Um, so, yes. Well, thank you so much for all of those questions. I feel like we got some really great insight and um, had a really good fun time. Um, but before we leave, we actually have a little segment we call Bedtime Stories, which is just a stage mishap or something that might have happened that that you want to share so do you have anything that you could share with us yes <laughs> it's making me laugh already um well I I found it very funny at the time um it was <laughs> Shrek in Brisbane and um, <laughs> um lovely Caleb Vines who was playing uh Pinocchio he had um an extendable Pinocchio nose and it was quite quite an incredible contraption where he had this like lever in his pocket that would make the nose extend um because you know when Pinocchio tells a lie his nose goes out and there's this big sound effect and it's like and we all like lean back like oh no let's not get hit by the giant nose um and then he like sharply (laughs) turns to another group of people on stage (laughs) with his giant nose and then oh, no. there was this one time where he, his nose went out and then he sharply turned to the other group of people and his nose just fell off. <gasps> All the children in the audience. <laughs> but the thing is, it didn't fall off the whole way because it was still attached to his face. So it was just swinging like this weird 
nose carrot oh, swinging no. in the breeze and that was at the beginning of the number. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had to do the whole thing with a swinging nose. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. And I'd like to say that everyone remained incredibly professional <laughs> and did the song, but, my God, we did not. We were all capping ourselves. <laughs> I don't I don't even know if anyone sung that time and then it got even better there was another part in the in the song where his nose had to extend again and of course it was everything was clicked so there was no way of avoiding it and so he told another lie and he just had this nose dangling from his face and he like picked it up and put it back (laughs) and just held it there oh my god it was so funny Oh gosh. gosh. That is amazing. I just feel like there's just like <laughs> nothing you can do in that just then just go, well, this is what we're doing. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he had to just surrender to it in that moment. I think he was the only one who kept singing. He was like, I've got to hold it together for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was the funniest thing. That was an amazing bedtime story. And Thank you so much for coming on and being here with us today. You have been an absolute treat to have on. And thank you so much for agreeing. And good luck with Come From Away. That is so exciting. We will be seeing you on the stage soon. I actually think when this episode comes out might be getting close to and hopefully you'll be popping on stage. But you guys, you can keep up to date with Manon on her Instagram, which is just at Manon GB, so at M A N O N G B, um, to keep up to date with what um, she is doing and continuously discontinuing to absolutely kill it in the industry, playing such phenomenal roles and doing it so well. But thank you again so, so much for being here today. And thanks, thanks for having me, guys. And till next time, you guys. Stay happy, healthy, and safe, and we will see you then. Bye! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.